to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So today, we are back to discussing controversy. This movie, The Game Changers, has just taken the world by storm. It has taken Netflix by storm. And obviously, I have a lot to say about it. Movies like this get me a little riled up, so sometimes I just need to bring it down a notch, you know, and something that really helps me just chill out, relax, and relieve this anxiety is my Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. There are a lot of different CBD brands out there on the market, but the majority of them are not very high quality. A lot of them do not contain as much CBD as they claim to contain, and some don't have any at all, and many contain natural flavors and different filler ingredients. When it comes to something you're putting into your body every day, you really want to make sure it's the highest quality possible. That's why I love Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil. Ned uses only organic, whole, natural ingredients. All products are made small batch and slow crafted. They only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, rather than the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, like a lot of other products on the market. And they only use a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temperature. The problem is that a lot of companies will use high heat or high pressure, which completely compromises the profile of the hemp flower, and it can compromise the cannabinoid content. CBD isolates are also really common on the market right now, and an isolate is a lab-isolated CBD that's in a white powder form, and it's stripped of all of the other phytocannabinoids that really help complement that cannabidiol so that you can get the full health benefits. It's really the entourage effect of the cannabidiol as well as all the other active cannabinoids that gives hemp its true healing effects, so you're really not getting much if you're just doing the CBD versus a full spectrum hemp oil. I use Ned's full spectrum hemp oil for a variety of reasons. I use it to help with anxiety. It really helps to calm me down. It helps my sleep. It really helps as an anti-inflammatory and also great for balancing hormones. Full spectrum hemp oil can also be really helpful for depression, PTSD, insomnia, and it's even been used as part of the treatment for some really serious conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and more. If you struggle with autoimmune disease, I have found this can be incredibly helpful. And if your hormones are a little out of whack, definitely check this out. And if you are a woman, I highly recommend checking out Ned's Natural Cycle Collection, which contains their Balance Blend, their Period Ease Blend, their Period Soothe Salve, and their Energize Roll-On, which are all designed to help balance out those female sex hormones and make your periods easy and regular 
and these products have been a game changer for me. My periods since using these have gotten quite a bit shorter and I don't have any cramps or pain, so I highly recommend checking these out. But in addition to the Natural Cycle collection, you can find their full range of full-spectrum hemp products, the 300 milligram, 750 milligram, and 1500 milligram full-spectrum hemp oils on their website, as well as their hemp-infused lip balm and hemp-infused body butter. So to check those out, just go to helloned.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Again, that's helloned.com, and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. I usually take the 750 milligram a couple hours before bed and hold it under my tongue for about 30 seconds and then swallow it, but, you know... After watching the Game Changers, I needed the full 1,500 milligrams, if you know what I mean. If you haven't watched this film, which I actually think was very well made, it was very well made, but I just get upset with the propaganda aspect of this, which I'll dive into in this episode. But if you haven't watched the movie yet, I mean, it might be a good idea to watch the movie before listening to this. If you think you're never going to watch the movie, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if you don't want anything spoiled or if you just want a full understanding, maybe you want to watch it beforehand. Whatever works for you. If you haven't heard of this movie, it's on Netflix. And I thought I would just read you the description that I just so you have some context. I'm going to read you this description from RottenTomatoes.com, which is a very um, scientifically credible source, you know? So, The Game Changers. Executive produced by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jackie Chan, The Game Changers follows James Wilkes, elite special forces trainer and winner of The Ultimate Fighter, whose world is turned upside down when he discovers a group of world-renowned athletes and scientists who prove that everything he had been taught about protein was a lie. The Game Changers mixes real-time, groundbreaking science with cinematic stories of struggle and triumph. The film features some of the strongest, fastest, and toughest athletes on the planet, and it's backed by them, too. The journey of James Wilkes exposes outdated myths about food that not only affect human performance, but the health of the entire global population. Damn, quite a description. So that was Rotten Tomatoes, credit to Rotten Tomatoes, or actually that was probably credit to someone who wrote that about the movie that Rotten Tomatoes took it from. But anyways, a lot of strong verbiage there, a lot of strong words. Apparently this movie, this movie proves that everything he's been taught about protein is a lie. Honestly, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just so much propaganda. And, you know, we explained in this episode, but, you know, I think a plant-based diet maybe can be great for a lot of people, but it's really unfair to paint things so far in the other direction. And the amount of false information in this movie, misleading information in this movie is actually ridiculous. And I feel like this movie is preying on insecure, confused people. And that's not you. That's not you because you're listening to this podcast and trying to see other perspectives. So good for you for, you know, looking in other places. And also the 
strong filmmaking skills and, you know, the skillful cuts and energetic music and action montages, just, it it hides things from people. It confuses them. Oh, man. But anyways, this episode is going to be all about the Game Changers. This is the review, and obviously I had to call in the troops for this one. I needed some backup, so I brought my trusty podcast companion, Kara Halderman. If you used to listen to our podcast, Straight Up Paleo, which we did for about a year, but if you used to listen to that, you know that Kara and I love to go on a good rant together. We love to riff off each other, and there was no one I wanted to talk about this more with than Kara. And when she was watching it originally, she was texting me, telling me what was going on. And originally I was not going to watch this film. And then when she told me some of the things in the movie, I thought, okay, I need to watch this. So my friend Rachel from Killing It Keto and I sat down and watched it. And the next morning I recorded this podcast with Kara. So these are the thoughts. I'm very curious to hear what you think about this film, please let me know. Please post about it in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I'm just very, very curious. I think you're ready. So let's go ahead and hop into this chat with NTP and NLP master, Kara Halderman. Sup, Kara. Sup. Throwback. (laughs) Throwback Thursday. It's Wednesday. I say that all the time, like in real life. I'm like, sup, and it just triggers instantly. I know. Every time I say that for the rest of my life, I'll think of it. Oh, yeah. So uh, what's what's happening? What's on your mind? (laughs) What's on my mind? Dude, oh my gosh. The past month has been actually psycho for me. (laughs) Like mentally, it's felt really psycho. And well, cause we follow each other. Like you see, I've been launching my course and like it closes this Friday and just, it brings up a lot of mental stuff when you launch anything. Mm-hmm. And I've been working through so many mental things I feel that just you. keeps coming up. And then the whole mercury in retrograde business, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means, but I feel like I feel it. You feel it. There's a lot energetically going on and it goes it goes past Mercury and retrograde. It's what's happening October, November, December as a whole before we enter into 2020 is just a lot energetically. So a lot of people feel like shit's hitting the fan. So can you just like tell me, like, can you just predict 2020 for us really fast? Because I feel like you know these things. Um, you can energetically predict predict these things. Okay. Well, 20, so it's we're entering into a very interesting time. Um, 2020 for a lot of people, is an opportunity for rebirth and growing. So if you're feeling like stuff is crazy right now and you're feeling it really intensely, this is probably a good sign that you have to hit rock bottom and then have your rebirth energetically starting in 2020, which can be a great a great thing, right? So we have that, but on this global scale, or not global, but on a wider scale, 2020 is like, so we're going to see kind of our our system collapse. Sweet. Love that for us. So, <laughs> like, as singular people, we can have this rebirth and it's like, step into your power. 
Um, it's a really interesting time. We're mirroring what happened with 2012, moving into that, moving into that seven year period. And now we're entering into our next seven year period where things quote end, the world quote ends, and then opportunity for rebirth and growth. So that's kind of what's up. It's, it's an interesting cool. time for sure. I feel that though, cause 2019 has been that whole rock bottom thing. I feel like I've hit that like five times throughout yeah. 2019. Same. So 2020, you know, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling optimistic. Same. And you know, what's crazy is I was looking at my astrology chart and there's the specific time periods. Like I've been in this time period of quote growing pains, like sh- stuff being really shitty. And it was literally from February 9th through November 12th. And the last like and I, I look back at that time and I'm like wow that is really when everything was total crap for me and in the last like week I'm like whoa things are starting to come together and getting better and it's like I think a lot of us are feeling like we're we everything is crazy and we're reaching out and we can like see the light and it's like getting there and like 2020 will be the light if we let it be I will let it be for yeah. sure. That's crazy. It's funny because Corey, if y'all don't know, Corey's my boyfriend. He works at like a steakhouse, a restaurant. And you know, when you're a server, like you make your money night per night and mm-hmm. it just depends on the tables and like who you get. And for the past like six of his shifts in a row, he hasn't made as much money as he like quote unquote, you know, normally would. And he's been so pissed and he just texts me and he's like, this is BS, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, Mercury's in retrograde, dude. Yeah, like that's exactly why. why. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what actually is that? But I just blame it on that. It so. is 100%. Well, that makes total sense. Like it started on Halloween. If that's been like the last six nights. Oh, oh my gosh. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's so creepy. I've had a really great like Mercury first week in Mercury and retrograde though. Like it's been fine. Good. Well, maybe Mercury won't hit you, you know? So not. it hasn't really hit me. So I'm glad, but I think like energetically, you know, anyways, what else is going on is that we came here to talk about this film. <laughs> Just this one thing floating around the internet, you know. This is like, God, are we going to have one of these every year? Like last year was what the hell? This year, yeah, no, we are. Yeah. So also, this is something small, but really pisses me off. Like the movie is called The Game Changers, and everyone says just Game Changers. Well. I am the t- I don't like the in front of things. Like I am that person and I'm just like I don't need that word. I'm trying to think of another movie with the word the in it. The Avengers. Well, I guess everyone call No, I just call it Avengers. I just recently watched the last movie. That's why I <laughs> I, I was like- about to Oh my god, I was about to say the Harry Potter. Like what an idiot. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. You can't say with us. <laughs> Um, anyways, so I just watched this movie for the first time last night. I always try and not watch these movies because I don't care. And it's just propaganda, right? Um, but this time I decided to watch it. I never watched What the Health. That one, like, wasn't worth the emotional investment okay. whatsoever. I watched only, I think, like, half or three quarters of it because I got so emotionally, like, riled up in that movie that I had to turn it off. Game Changers was like, there I go without the the, the. but Game Changers was, 
pleasant to sit through for Mm -hmm. me. I don't know why. Like I found it actually kind of interesting until it got to the end. Mm. At the end, it's if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to just watch. I thought it was good. Like I actually liked it. But until they got to the end when they started talking about the environment and like Mm -hmm. throwing like hardcore throwing their propaganda at you, I was like, this is actually kind of fun. I like it. Will I go vegan? No. But I enjoyed this. Yeah. I thought it was well made for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that they got across their their goal, their point, right? And I just have problems with things like this because I feel like it's just preying on people who aren't educated, who aren't as educated about this, and they're trying to educate themselves. Do you know what I mean? It just bothers me. Right. I mean, well, think about the people who are watching Netflix, like everyone in America. And the health and wellness space is a very small percentage of those people. So it's the majority of these people that are watching these documentaries are normal freaking people, normal people that just want to be healthy, that want to lose weight, that are struggling with weight and health issues. And then they stumble upon documentaries like Game Changers and What the Health. And they think that this is the answer because there are like almost zero documentaries coming from the opposing side. So they think, well, if there's no other documentaries about just eating a normal balanced diet, then I might as well go vegan because that seems to be what everyone else is doing when it's just two documentaries on Netflix. That's what bothers me is it's very, it's out of balance. We don't have anything on the other side. You know, like if there is a carnivore movie, I wonder how many people would go carnivore. But, like, who's funding these movies? Well, probably a lot. That's where I think YouTube is really coming into play for a lot of people's dietary stuff. Like, I've gotten really, really into YouTube lately. It's basically all I watch. And I You've said I that for, like, it. the last year. Like, I'm sorry. I love, I love it so much. Like, I you just always love, love YouTube. I do. I've loved it so much. And I don't even know why. But I just do. And... Okay, so I uploaded, I don't know if I said this last time, but I uploaded a YouTube video about my 30-day carnivore experiment. I did not expect it to get like 30,000 views, which in the grand scheme of things on YouTube is not a lot, but Mm -hmm. that's still kind of a lot when you think about it, 30,000 people. And I just read through the comments and the amount of people that have said, because of this video, I'm going carnivore is insane. And I'm like, that was not my purpose. Like, did you actually even watch the video? I said, don't do it. I said, do your own research and like figure it out for yourself first. That's why YouTube is helpful, though, because people it's not biased. Do you know what I mean? It it can be. But there's so many more people who are just putting out their anecdotes. So it's just like more of an even playing field. Anyone can put out anything versus to get something made into a movie and put on something like Netflix, you know, like. You have to have you have to pull the right strings and have the right amount of money and just the right investment, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I just discovered so I was looking up stuff about this movie, The Game Changers, and I read on some website that the guy who made it or produced it, he has this pea protein company and he's like trying to push a pea protein company with this movie or something. So I'm like everyone has a bias yeah. behind everything so who can you even trust yeah no i was looking at a list of like a but there's like 10 different people there was like the top 10 people involved in this and all of them had vested interest in like vegan diets you know so that's why and it goes back to you know people get all caught up in studies 
like just studies and it's like who funded the study same thing with like who funded this movie who made this movie of course we're gonna have that type of slant um so i think that's the first thing to think about um i don't even know where where i want to start with this do you have a starting point you would like to i can't get this off my mind so can we just start with a boner thing okay let's like let's let's start i can't get it off of my freaking mind (laughs) Because I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. Okay, first of all, I mean, okay, this is the thing. They put that in there to scare guys. Like, do you know what I mean? This is what pisses me off. People who argue for a certain point, if your argument is to do something that manipulates someone, like, through fear, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's just so slimy. The same way the dieting industry preys after women and goes after our insecurities to make a point, you know? Like, now they're going after guys with erections. First of all, there's three people in this, right? This is not a study. This is just a little experiment. Three guys, not double-blind. They know exactly what they're eating, right? Um, They all eat the, the foods in the same order. So they have the meat burrito first, the first night, and then the vegan burrito the second night first of all i mean i'm not a guy but i can imagine if i put some device on my dick for the first time (laughs) like that would impact what happened that night right well i was watching this with Corey, and he was like he was like i do not want that on me like i would not be able to sleep that would absolutely impact like the way that i sleep and the amount if y'all don't know what they did in that movie and you haven't watched it, like you're going to, you're probably thinking what the heck, but basically there are like three football players, I think, or like NFL people. Mm -hmm. And one night they ate a meat based meal. And then the second night they ate a plant based meal. And on each of those nights, they put this like penis measuring device (laughs) on them and they measured the like amount of erections that they had. And I don't know like something how else. How long? How long we had the erection for, and how like big it was, right? And like how many you had yeah. during the night, and when like on the first night when they had the meat based meal, they didn't have as many erections as the second night, and they weren't as big. Like that was their whole conclusion, and they scared them and showed them all these graphs and fancy numbers, and they were like, "Oh my god, I, like I have less erections when I eat meat." And Corey was like, "I don't know about you, but I don't want." 50 erections when I'm sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want that. So is that really a viable thing to measure? I know. It's like, why do we care about this? But also it's like, I mean, just the whole thing. Like, they did it in the same order. They did the meat-based one first. And my point, it's like, wouldn't you get... Oh, yeah. The first night, that would affect... You're not used to this, right? And so by the second night, you're... Your body might be a little more used to having some device around your penis, right? That's like, so true. And it's three people. Like, they should have mixed up the order. It could have done more people. And it, and they shouldn't have told them which burrito they were eating which day. It's like, okay, with almost every single little experiment they did in this movie, it was like placebo effect. You know, like, people think that vegan stuff is healthier. And so if they're going into that... How much of that is just affecting it, right? Like Probably a lot. Yeah. So I just felt like that was so ridiculous. I just thought it was so ridiculous. It was really ridiculous. I just thought it was like more comical than anything 
that I, I just thought it was really funny. And Corey was just saying he was not convinced by that whatsoever. Like as a guy, like he was actually not convinced. You know what, Kara? We should find our own set of three guys and, and do our own uh, our own trial. I don't order. have a penis you don't pump have a penis measure. measure? <laughs> I, I don't have that. But if they have it on Amazon, I'm down to try it. All right, we'll have to look it up. Because <laughs> I think that's freaking hysterical. But I just thought that was a great scare tactic yeah. that they used for men. And they were t- talking about testosterone levels as well. And testosterone is like not something that you can measure like at one instance in life and be like, this is how much testosterone you have. Like you have to measure it in intervals throughout life to get a full picture, like any other hormone that you're testing. And we know that animal proteins, like cholesterol, fat soluble vitamins all needed as precursors for testosterone, Mm -hmm. which plants like don't have that much of. So, okay. Kind of going off of that, I need to get into this this protein thing because this pisses me off. How they're going to try and compare like a peanut butter sandwich to three ounces of meat. Or that was what, terrible. What else did they use? What other example was it? It was the peanut butter sandwich. They had one other thing that they compared. Um, but it's like on Instagram how they have that that visual that goes around that says like broccoli has, a, has as much protein as meat. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen that. Did you see Dr. Gabrielle Lyons like counter to that? No, but I've heard her rebuttal that so many times. Didn't she rebuttal that on our podcast? I think she did, but her visual like was basically the same visual, mm-hmm. but giving like the actual facts about it. Yeah, okay. And she gave this huge rebuttal. But yeah, that's the same exact thing that you're talking about. Trying to equate like peanut butter protein to animal protein when they're just not the same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At there's all. So many things that go into this protein debate. First of all, when they're this whole movie, when they're talking about, Oh, you can get enough protein. What's enough protein? Because guess what? The RDA is like the amount needed to survive, not thrive. First of all, I think most of <laughs> us just live. This, yeah. Most of us in this space would agree that the RDA is far too low. Like when do we ever go off the RDA of anything? Honestly, we don't. Um, so that's the first thing that pisses me off. The second thing that pisses me off is that they are not talking about quantity or quality here, right? So it's like, okay, how many calories of peanut butter do you need to get the same amount of protein as three ounces of beef? Like A lot. And this, yeah, it, this also ties into the environmental argument, right? Because if we want to talk about saving the environment, we need to be efficient with our calories, right? So it's like, how many lentils do we need how many pieces of broccoli do we need compared to like a smaller amount of beef to get the same amount of nutrients and protein right so there's that whole thing and then quality comes back like especially with muscle building muscle they were going off about like building muscle which there's just as many studies showing that like on a ketogenic diet you can build muscle the same as if you're not keto right so whatever but like a plant-based source of protein is not going to have enough leucine to drive muscle protein synthesis. They were trying to say in the movie that plant-based proteins are complete. That, you know, all the research that we've done. I know. Over this whole century, you know, of life (laughs) is wrong. About Okay. Okay, they were saying that all plants contain every single amino acid. Okay, just because broccoli has like 0.5 milligrams of leucine does not mean that is enough for us to build muscle. But they're like, oh, well, it's complete. It's fine. That's not okay. No, 
it, when they said that, my jaw just about hit the floor. I was with my friend Rachel from Killing It Keto, and we both looked at each other, and I was like, did they actually just say that? Like, I, that's embarrassing. I that is embarrassing. And, you know, okay, so I have to tell you, as I was watching it, I'm actually, like, very easily influenced by everything. Okay, <laughs> this is very random, random, random. But I just did my human design thing, and I was talking to you about that. And my life is making sense. Sorry, yeah, I okay. see. But I have an open head center. And this makes so much sense to me as to why I'm so easily influenced by literally everything. Mm -hmm. But I was sitting here, like, watching this movie, and I was listening to all the facts, facts, in quote, that they were giving. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, they're so right. What am I doing? Like, eating all of this meat, like, texting you at the same time simultaneously. (laughs) And then I remembered. I was like, Kara, you have an open head setter. Like, you need to chill. Do not listen to these people and, like, make your own decisions. That's very random. But... Well, human design has like saved me. But the thing is, it's like, that's the power of these movies though. Like, like I'm sitting there and I'm not that easily influenced, I feel like, but I'm sitting there in this movie. I'm like, shit, like I'm like trying to think. And it's like, I need to take a step back and be like, whoa, let's get grounded and really think about this logically. But like, this is the power of propaganda. Like we're humans. Like we are so easily persuaded and I don't know. I feel like it's like giving someone a drug to influence them. Like that's the power of a movie. Yeah, it really is. And I found myself like really believing it. Even Corey, like at the end of the movie, he's like, I really want to try going vegan. Like, I don't think we've ever done that before. I'm like, dude, we've had, we've done that before. Like we I'm like, do you not remember when I did the medical medium yeah. diet? Like, I'm like, we've done that before. And he's like, no, but we haven't really given it a fair shot. Like we haven't tried to get plant sources of protein. And I was like, Corey, you know what? If you want to do it, I'm all for it, but I need you to think about it for two days. And if you still want to do it after two days, get back to me. He gets back to me in like three hours and he was like, nah, never mind. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be clear about like, I'm going to state for the record as of 2019, what is, what month am I in? November, 2019, what my current status is. Okay. My current opinion regarding nutrition and diets my opinion is that look i'm not i'm on i'm not on the hate rate of a a plant-based vegan diet honestly like i think that every diet can work for a period of time do i think but i think that 100% a 100% vegan diet long term is the one thing i would say never do because you just can't survive or be healthy i think that there are plenty of people who feel great eating largely plant-based, maybe for a long time, other people feel good cycling that in. Same thing with carnivore. Maybe you feel do, feel good doing carnivore part of the time and then you eat differently the other part of the time. I feel like over however many years I've been experimenting and just talking to different people and researching and seeing clients, it's like, this is the one thing that's clear to me. It's like, we can shift and we can change. But like, I, so I want to be clear that it's not just like, I'm anti-vegan diet. Like, there are a lot of people I feel like maybe they feel great on it for a period of time, maybe a longer period of time than others. But nutritionally, if you're 100% vegan long-term, it's not going to work. Slash, I don't like when they're painting such a black and white picture of like meat's bad because for so many people, meat is what heals them. And if I had to pick optimal human diet, I would lean more towards carnivore than veganism. And... 
trust me, I wish veganism, like, I wish oh, veganism same. was nutritionally optimal. Like, I really wish it was, I would love to be vegan, but like, I would too. Yeah. But for anyone who, first of all, if you have health issues, if you're trying to heal, like, or just like long term feel good, like, you, you can't. Like, I really wish, I really wish the science was in that direction, but it's not, you know? So that's my, my opinion. I just want to be clear, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same exact way. I'm, I mean, we make fun of this stuff just because we understand that like these are on the extremes. Mm. Like I, I've really come to realize I'm not really in the health space so much anymore when it comes to like food. Like I'm more into, you know, mindset and spirituality, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've really taken a step back and whenever I watch documentaries like this, or even when I'm just scrolling through Instagram now, I feel a little bit more like a normal person scrolling through things. I mean, I can't be because I still know a lot of stuff, but I'm starting to see now that the wellness space is really just a world of extremes Mm -hmm. and it's for great marketing. It does amazing things for business. And like Christina said, your body is going to change. Your body is going to shift over time. And I seriously wish that I could be vegan because I think it's 1000% more delicious than the carnivore diet that I did, but my body like just can't do that. I wish I could, but my body just can't do it right now. But my, one of my best friends is entirely plant-based and it was the best thing that she's ever done for her health. Mm -hmm. But it's really funny because she said the only reason that she could do a plant-based diet and why it feels so good is because she had to like fix a lot of gut issues. Like she had parasites and candida and all of this stuff. And she said, I was basically carnivore while I was fixing my gut issues. And then as soon as I fixed my gut issues, it was like plant-based was easy. Yeah. Like I, I could do it and it felt amazing. And some people's bodies can just do that. But my terrain, my gut terrain is not set up for that right yeah. now. It can't. So I see both sides of the spectrum, but I don't like this world of extremes that the health space has become. It's either you're carnivore, you're keto, or you're vegan, you're plant-based. And I'm like, guys, let's meet in the middle a little bit here because we're just normal humans. Yeah, honestly. It's like, well, meet in the middle or like, guess what? I shift all the time. Like two months ago, two months ago, I was largely plant-based. I was mostly vegetarian and I was super high carb. And now I'm like, I'm carnivore. And like, maybe next month I'll be high carb again. I don't know. And I'll change however much I want. But what pisses me off is this like fear mongering and giving out false information, you know, because maybe there are some people who would feel good on vegan diet, but so many people like need meat and what they were showing people eating like in that movie. We need to talk about quality because basically by the end they were saying like, I eat pizza, I eat burritos. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, they're just eating vegan fast food, right? And a lot of these comparisons they were giving, a lot of these anecdotes they were giving, what was that person eating before? So they're basically comparing someone who ate fried chicken every day to someone who started eating more plant-based. So overall quality is going to improve, right? And then by the end of this movie, they're talking about like eating vegan burgers and pizza. And if people do that, are you really going to tell me that's healthy? Like, no. So I just think the quality, the quality is like something that really needed to be discussed more. And though there are a couple like issues that I had with the film, two big issues was one. So this movie is about athletes and how athletes went 
plant-based and they're claiming all of these crazy like health benefits and their performance increased. One thing that we have to note about athletes is they're basically superhumans. Yeah. Like these are superhumans that are probably more genetically gifted than us. Their gut microbiome probably better than ours. Um, they're incredibly fit. They're just in better health standings already Mm -hmm. than compared to like me (laughs) who has like a really messed up gut microbiome. Like they are the exception Mm -hmm. to the rule. So of course their body can swing back and forth between plant-based and eating meat and whatever, and they're going to feel fine. But just because an athlete does it doesn't mean it's going to work for us because they truly are the exception to the rule. So I don't understand that just made me mad because a lot of people don't understand like athletes probably are a little bit more genetically gifted and can get away with things like that. And then second, they toggled a lot in the movie between using plant-based and vegan Mm -hmm. and it wasn't very consistent. So they would show one athlete that's like, I'm plant-based. And then one that was like, I'm vegan. And those are very different diets. Plant-based is like primarily plant-based, but you can have eggs, you can have dairy, like you eat meat every now and then. And I even watched this rebuttal video where they went in and they, it was by Keto Connect. (sighs) And I, I love them. And I watched their rebuttal video and they went and they looked up like the diets of some of the athletes that were on the film. And they even said like in interviews, yeah, I'm primarily plant-based, but I eat meat every now and then. <laughs> and they're, yeah. And then they're on this movie promoting veganism. So they're blurring the lines mm-hmm. between plant-based and vegan and that's completely different. You can't put them together yeah. because one has no animal products at all and one does. So of course the person with more animal products every now and then is going to have different results than a completely vegan human. Yeah. Well, those were like two main issues that I had. No, those are really good points. And with the plant-based thing, it's like, there are so many people who are paleo who are plant-based. Like that's a common misconception with paleo is like, I would argue that most people who are paleo are plant-based. Most of their their diets are vegetables, except for now. That's why this carnivore movement is so different, right? Like people are eating way more meat than they did. So that's a really good point. And I want to go back to this athletes discussion, because like you said, it's like, they're the exception. They're the genetic freaks anyways. And it reminds me of what you see on Instagram. Like you see that girl who can eat whatever she wants and do whatever she wants. And she's so thin. And it's like, she's just genetically like that. You know what I mean? Like she could eat anything. And it's not going to change. Some people, that's just what's happening. Um, And there was so much false information around these athletes. First of all, they're focusing on the athletes who went vegan or plant-based or whatever and had great results. But there are just as many athletes who have gone carnivore or keto who are having the same experience of like, that's what's up-leveling their training. Obviously, they're just not talking about those. Secondly, um, so that like that fight that they... Oh, between Conor yeah. McGregor and yeah, Nate, whatever. Yeah, that was whatever. taken totally out of context. They did a rematch later where the other guy won. But that, in that... <laughs> oh, in, really? I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, no, okay. In that fight, the... I forget which... The, the one who was not vegan. Conor McGregor. Yeah. So Conor McGregor, the, the, the week before, like he had been trying to... He was in a different weight class. He was, he was cutting down to 155 to fight someone else. And then found out that this guy like dropped out. So he, so now he has to get back to 175 within like a week or something to fight this vegan guy. So he had just gone from cutting to try and eat as much. So that's why he was eating so much meat to try and put it on. So it's like your body is just at a total disadvantage if you're 
cutting that low and then trying to gain that much right then, right? And then in the rematch, he won. So that was just totally out of context. And then we have Arnold. And Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> was In not- what universe is he credible? Yes. First of all, that. Second of all, he was not vegan when he was doing all his bodybuilding. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> And he like uses stero- used steroids. Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> um, like, I'm like, what? What credibility is this testimonial giving me? Like, it's just like the celebrity endorsement type thing, you know, where you see it all on Instagram and on commercials. It's like, well, let's just slap a vegan celebrity. <laughs> let's slap some vegan athletes in there and tell everyone that veganism is the way to go. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But it's really interesting with the fight. I hope you're enjoying this discussion of the Game Changers film, but we need to take a brief pause. Going vegan may or may not improve your athletic performance, but you know something that can help if you are an athlete or active is wearing compression socks. I know, I know, you might think that Wearing compression socks is just for old people or people on planes or people who medically need them and that they're really ugly, but this is not the case. I have fallen in love with Comrade compression socks and they are total game changers for me. There are a few reasons why you might want to wear compression socks and one of those is for improved muscle recovery. Compression socks help to increase your circulation, help that blood travel up from your feet toward your heart, and just keep that blood circulating, which has a lot of great health benefits. So not only will this help to speed up muscle recovery after workouts, but they're also great for preventing swelling for more comfortable travel. They're also amazing if you sit and or stand for long periods of time, which I struggle with, and that's the main reason why I wanted to try these out. So if you work at a desk all day, if you're on your feet all day, my legs will get swollen and stiff and these really, really help. And if you are pregnant, these are a great way to help prevent swelling, discomfort, any spider veins. What I love about Comrade socks is that they are designed for everyday wear and they come in a wide variety of colors and styles that give you a look of a casual sock so people won't even know you're wearing compression socks. And you're also getting the health benefits so you can get white, black, gray, maybe blue, or you could get some stripes, some ombre, varsity style, so many options. The other reason why I love Comrade socks is because they're so comfortable. They have a padded toe and heel cushion. They also have slide-free cuffs, so the socks will stay in place all day. And they use smart silver antimicrobial technology to help prevent odor-causing bacteria so your socks will stay fresher longer. And as it cools down at this time of year, you're probably whipping out your socks anyways. So might as well get the health benefits from them. These have made a huge difference for me every day because my legs used to get so swollen and now they don't as long as I wear my compression socks. So if you want to try them out, go ahead and check out comradesocks.com and you can get 20% off your purchase if you use my discount code CRW. So again, that's comradesocks.com, C-O-M-R-A-D-S-O-C-K-S.com and use my code CRW and you can get 20% at checkout. You know I have mine on right now. I'm wearing my black ones, just in case you were wondering what I'm wearing. 
Okay, let's go ahead and hop back into this chat with Kara about all things the Game Changers. Also, they're trying to correlate like that Nate, whatever his name is, won the fight because he was vegan. Yeah, no, no, no. This is and not like, fair. I'm like, it could have been Connor McGregor could have had a bad day. He could have well, been he bloated. Did. He, he did. He yeah, was just like, trying to increase his weight by exactly. like freaking 20 pounds. Could have just had a bad day. Might have been constipated from all the meat that he was eating. Like, we don't know this dude's life, you know? And for you to come on here and say that Nate won this fight because he is plant-based. How dare you? That is rude. One, one fight. Well, and that, and I mean, and that's also a lot of these studies they were talking about, like, the correlation. They're all correlational, and you, you they're not looking at quality of protein. Also, all the other health habits. Was it that they went vegan or was it at the same time they started exercising more and they were sleeping more? And, you know, people who eat more vegetables tend to just have healthier lifestyle habits anyways. So, yeah. And that was the same thing with, like, the firefighters. They were showing firefighters who they all went on this vegan, you know, this week of vegan eating and compare their blood markers. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure those guys were not eating like a paleo diet beforehand, right? They were eating a standard American diet. So, of course, if you move into a, a vegan diet, it's going to have improvements. Yeah. And, okay, I will say the one experiment that they did that kind of shook me a little bit that I was like, oh, should I be worried about this, mm-hmm. was the blood plasma experiment. Mm-hmm. So they did they did an experiment. Once again, three football players, they ate a meat burrito, and then the next day they ate a veggie burrito Mm -hmm. and they took their blood and they spun it in a centrifuge fuge. I can't say that word. So they, it separated like the plasma was on top. The blood was on bottom and they were claiming that if the plasma was cloudy, that means that there's like dietary fat in it, that it's sludgy blood, that that is what is like causing heart disease. Mm -hmm. And surprise, surprise, the meat burrito caused really cloudy blood plasma and the veggie burrito caused like clear, Mm -hmm. not, not sludgy plasma. And that was the one that I was looking at that. And I was like, I honestly don't know much about this. Like I could not rebuttal this claim. I literally don't know. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Is my blood sludgy? I don't know. Okay. Let me bring you back down to earth here. Okay. Yeah, please. So, first of all, we're running into the same issues here as we are with the other ones in terms of small sample size, not double blind. Um, everyone's doing it in the same order, right? So we have that. Plus, like, who are these three people? You know, some people do better with certain types of diets than other types of people, right? So... They that, also were like all eating Popeyes. Like yes. they said that, like that their diet was Popeyes and then there was one plant-based guy. Yeah. So there we go. Okay. First of all, biased. And <laughs> biased. then I don't remember if they even mentioned this or if I just don't remember, but did they do this all on the same day? Like, did they eat the, the vegan burrito? They said that was it was on two, two separate days. It was two separate days. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering, but basically here's here's my thing with that it's going to be cloudier because there are more triglycerides floating around but like why is that an issue like that's what i was wondering it's different it's not an issue it's like like what 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 marker of health is that like suggesting right like you could have done the same study and focused on something else like maybe we focused on um insulin response right and like you could have gotten totally different results but it's like what 
that's like looking at two different people and one like looking at how they their body composition and saying one's healthier than the other you don't you don't know that do you know what i mean like there's so many people who might be like ripped right but they have their hormones are shit they don't have their period they have i don't know weird blood sugar responses like that's like comparing a bodybuilder's health to a regular paleo person's health do you know what i mean like but there's no issue with the with the blood looking like that like there are more triglycerides floating around of course it's like what's going to happen um it's a different you know what i mean i guess that does make sense i'm just so emotionally like influenced that when they show that and they're like there is fat in your blood i was like the heck like that's not don't fall for that kara because literally that is like Christina, like, like coaching me over here. No, like, don't care. It's fear mongering. And it's like, they're preying on something you don't understand. So obviously the reptilian brain is like, oh, dirty, gross, unhealthy. When it's not like that. Do you know what I mean? Like wh- what marker of health is that proving? So true. I mean, that is true. It's, I guess it's the standard American, you know, heart disease, meat is bad for you. If there is triglycerides, the more triglycerides in your blood, you know, the unhealthier that you are. Mm-hmm. But if you, they took the sample right after they ate. So wouldn't you think that's like the prime time for triglycerides to be in your blood anyways? Yeah, and throughout course. the day, they're just going to go where they need to go and then trickle out and you're fine. Exactly. Exactly. And don't they, triglycerides get utilized as well for other things yeah so of course they're going to be there that's like a natural that's like it's like someone eating food and then being like your insulin spiked you can't eat that food actually i'm kind of like worried if you have no triglycerides in your blood yes 100 percent, right and think about like you know what they're leaping to is heart disease cholesterol like take a step back and be like what do we know about cholesterol what do we know about heart disease we know that high cholesterol does not cause heart disease like we know this right and it's just tapping into all that propaganda so, I mean, to me, I was like, they're showing this. I'm like, so? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, for you, you're you're always like, so what? Like, because for, I'm not influenced because by for that. people who don't understand, they think that means something bad, but it's like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't when you think about it. I'd like to look into that a little bit more, just from like a it's a natural sciencey standpoint. Well, it's a natural physiological response. It's like I was saying yeah. before. It was like testing someone's blood sugar after they eat, after they eat food and saying because it's it's spiked, that's a bad food. Well, anytime you eat, anytime you eat, your insulin's gonna spike. That's what happens. You know, right. like it's the same thing. It's like yeah, you eat something that is fattier, like you're gonna have triglycerides <laughs> in your bloodstream. I mean, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, show me a long-term, like, long-term results. And then, I mean, now this is get really getting into the weeds, but it's like, you know, with all this new science with people looking into carnivore, a lot of people are not concerned about cholesterol numbers at all. And, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I heard Ken Berry the other day say, like, he's like, my cholesterol, my, my whatever is 305 or something, and I'm not worried about it because... And he went into all this about, like, people's opinions on what cholesterol numbers are normal. Totally crazy now. You know, it's just totally different. So, I don't know. I'm just, it doesn't sway me. It doesn't sway me. It didn't really necessarily sway me because, like, I'm kind of in the middle. But I was just, when you see the visual, it's it's propaganda, once again. It's fear-mongering. When you see the visual, 
you're like, oh my God, like I don't want my blood to look like that, you know? Don't let people scare you into opinions. Yeah, that's kind of what this film was, except it was a little bit more like low-key scaring. Mm -hmm. Like they were a little bit better at it and they weren't so in your face about what the health, like you will die, like eggs are equivalent to cigarettes kind of fear-mongering. But it was very subtle and they made it very realistic to real life. So that's, and I enjoyed watching it. I really did like it until the end. The end just went downhill. It was like the end of the movie, it went from this really fun, like kind of lighthearted, like feel good movie to all of a sudden, like everyone needs to stop eating meat because our planet is dying. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is an awful transition. Who put this together? Which is like, it's whole, like that whole argument, it's a whole other rabbit hole, right? And it really is. They don't, Oh, this is why Diana Rogers needs to make her movie. She, oh my gosh, yes, she does really need to do that. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And I can't even go down that rabbit hole right now. There's too much. much. You can't compare industrial, um, you you cannot compare industrial agriculture to regenerative agriculture. And you can't compare farms that raise healthy animals that allow them to graze like and take care of the animals to animals in in feedlots you know it's totally different um and we fucking need animals to save the earth like to save our soil like do people don't understand this no (laughs) they 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 really don't um it's really (sighs) crazy and I don't know. After I learned a lot about like the emissions alone that are used to like ship our produce over to the United States that we're getting from literally all across the world. Like how does a vegan diet make sense for the environment? Because that alone is creating more pollutants Mm -hmm. than cow farts. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand. And then from the other thing was from a health standpoint, eating they're they're making this very like crazy argument about how meat creates like a ton of these an, um inflammatory molecules you know like stimulating mTOR in the body and all of that kind of stuff which yes to a degree all of that happens but it's not as serious as they made it sound in the film like yes your body d- does create these inflammatory things when you eat meat but it's not like your body's on fire. It just happens. And that happens when you eat plants too. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I would rather eat an animal that has like most of the nutrition that I need, depending on what part of the animal that I'm eating and doesn't, is not covered in like glyphosates and pesticides. Because I think that plants, if you're eating more plants than you are animals, you're getting more glyphosates than you are nutrition, whether you're buying organic or not, because they're testing organic veggies and grains now, and they're still covered in glyphosates. Mm -hmm. And we now know that glyphosate is extremely destructive to gut microbiome, to our nervous system, to our endocrine health. So I would much rather eat an animal that has far less glyphosate Mm -hmm than eating plants that's destroying my gut microbiome. I 100% agree. Let me ask you something. Would you rather someone eat mostly conventional animal products or organic vegetables? 
first I would say depends. Mm. <laughs> like what's your gut like? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your adrenal status like? What's going on like in your body? Mm-hmm. What do you actually need? But if it was more of a person like myself that maybe has some digestive issues or in the process of healing, I would say eat conventional meat. Yeah, I would too. I also really want to touch on the physiology argument and they're talking about our digestive tracts. And I can't. <laughs> this argument. I know. I can't. Well, the thing is, they kept bringing this stuff up. I felt like just, I felt like whiplash. Like they would just throw something out there and my jaw would drop. Like, did they just drop? Did they just say that? And they're just going to move on to the next point when it's so wrong. So you're like, we're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We're not going to dive into this some more. You're not going to give me uh, some time to uh, present a counter argument. Um, but they are comparing our digestive tracts to that of carnivores and saying that our digestive tracts are so much longer and designed for, um, you know, more plants and then showing our teeth and you guys, I just think it's hilarious. First of all, because people use, will use the same data like our over and over and over again. Yeah. But no, but like people in, in the carnivore space and people in the vegan space will both Use, oh, I see what you mean. We'll both use hum- human anatomy to support their argument. Right. But it doesn't support either argument, really. It supports the argument of we're omnivores. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, okay, here's the thing. Our cecum can only hold, is only hold, like designed to hold about a fistful's worth of like vegetables, essentially. So, like, that alone, like, that is where the fiber is sitting when it's getting, you know, hanging out before it's going to be pushed through. If we were meant to eat, like, this huge quantity of vegetables and food in general, it would not be that small. It's, like, the size of your fist. Or we might have another stomach or something else, like, to help us digest all of that. Yeah, true. So, I don't know. I think that human anatomy more supports carnivore, but – and, like – I don't know. I think it supports, you know, being an omnivore because, like, that's what we are. And I think it's ridiculous for either side to, like, take human anatomy and push that towards their side when really it supports that we eat plants and animals. Well, it supports that we eat both. But I think the thing is it's, like, what are the quantities like? Do you know what I mean? Like, how much is – and so I think that looking at human anatomy can help inform us as to kind of how much, right? So, I don't know. I think that eating the amount of vegetables that a lot of vegans eat, I don't think our digestive systems are meant to hold that amount. No, probably not. (laughs) I mean, I agree. And then there's, you know, the stomach acid argument, which I thought was really interesting because the vegan world tries to tell us that you know, we don't have as crazy stomach acid as a carnivore. So we're not meant to be carnivores. And then the carnivore side says we have a really acidic stomach. So we're meant to eat meat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is confusing guys. I mean, we have stomach acid for a reason. Yeah. But that is it. We have stomach acid. It's very acidic. It's meant to break down protein. It exists. It exists. Um, they also were talking about these gladiators, um, and how the gladiators ate mostly vegetarian, they said, I think. Here's my thing. I mean, we don't really know. Th- there are holes on both sides in terms of, like, what were we eating? 
But also these gladiators, these were not the people who were the healthiest people, right? Like, they were the fighters, but they were also, like, the prisoners of war. Like, Mm -hmm. they were eating what they were given, you know, and... That was slave food, essentially, what they were given. Yeah. And, okay, just because they were fighters... Does like compare them to someone who was like wealthy and in shape? We don't know that they were in shape. We just know they were fighting each other for for play. <laughs> well, they know? probably were more in shape than the average human because if you're like fighting and stuff, you probably were. And that's they were trying to make this argument that their bone density, they had like high mineral content, high bone density, which we know exercise does that. So I mean, it could have just been from the fact that they were more active than the other people around them it's interesting though because i've heard people arguing arguing that the gladiators actually would want to have more fat on their bodies to protect themselves from like knives and stuff but they would want more fat on their body oh interesting i've heard people say that um because i just i just think this whole argument it's like we don't know exactly like like we don't we just don't know what they were eating and like who who was eating this and what did they look like? How did they feel? What was their lifelong? What was their health status? You know? Um, and we like can't know that. Like there's yeah. no way that we can go back in time and actually figure this out. And uh, to me, it kind of seems like stupid to go back and like spend all of this money um, and resources on this research to figure out if we should be plant-based or if we should be you know, omnivores, carnivore, when you are really the best testimonial out there. Like we don't need all this funding on all this research, honestly, because you can figure this out for yourself based on your own human anatomy. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I just really want is I want to see studies or anecdotes or something from someone who goes from a carnivore diet to a vegan diet or a paleo diet to a vegan diet. Like, Show me that long term. That's what I'm more interested in. Go to YouTube because they're everywhere. <laughs> like literally, Where? I've watched so. You've I've seen watched people go from so, carnivore to vegan. Yes, I've seen both. I've seen people go from vegan to carnivore, or carnivore to vegan, or paleo to vegan. Like YouTube is the land okay, of testimonials. You need to send me these because I've been trying to search for this. I've been trying to look for people who've gone from carnivore to vegan because I feel like I just so, never hear about it. There's this guy that I follow. His name on. YouTube is vegetable police and he's ridiculous. Okay. So first of all, like I love watching his channel because it's kind of stupid and like, it's more of a comedy health channel. Um, Mm. because he just, I don't know, his humor is like stupid and it just makes it kind of funny, but he started out as a vegan, like a raw fruitarian vegan and he felt better, but then felt terrible. So he went carnivore and he did normal carnivore, raw carnivore, carnivore with like fermented meats, like all of that weird kind of stuff. And then he recently just went back to vegan again and he's doing like more of the medical medium approach. Um, but he feels better than he did on carnivore. But now he's actually, I watch all of his videos. So he's now progressed from pure vegan to vegan plus eating fish like once a week. And he says that that is the best that he's ever felt. Hey, that makes sense to me because this is the thing. I think carnivore lets people heal and lets them be able to eat foods they couldn't before. 
And I think your body will tell you on carnivore, like when it's time to stop. Yeah. I also think it makes sense to go through like periods of time where maybe you're, you're more carnivore based and then periods where you're more vegan based. Like I, that just makes sense to me. Like I just, I don't know why people are so afraid to like shift and change. <laughs> it's just holding on to this idea that there's this one true answer. And this is just an issue with humanity across the board that <laughs> society has painted this picture that there's this one true diet for you. There's this one true job for you. There's this one true love for you. Like your life has to look like this. Like there's this one answer and it's outside of you and you need to go get it. Yeah. And that's just not really what life is about. And if you hold on to that, you're going to be miserable no matter what it is about. If it's about diet, your life, money, whatever, like you have to learn how to ebb and flow and be flexible throughout life because you're not going to reach a point in your life and be like, Oh, now I'm healthy. Now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. That's just not how life works. And that's what these documentaries and Instagram and YouTube and everything, they prey off of that in people and they play it up. So you buy into their message. But I mean, can I just see like a documentary or something about a normal person's life? Like trying all of the different diets that you go through, like in a normal person's life, you know, and how their bodies change throughout like five years and how their eating habits change throughout five years. No, we don't do that because it's not interesting. I think it's interesting. That's why that's I know. Like, my, I think my life changes. <laughs> but I 100% agree. I think like the movie was very well made, but I don't buy the arguments. And I just worry that I just worry that people are going to see that and then feel like I need to go vegan and what's accessible to most people are unhealthy vegan foods. You know, a whole foods based, a whole foods plant based diet is very different than just vegan. You know, you can do vegan in a healthy way. You can do paleo in a healthy way and an unhealthy way, right? You can do vegan in an unhealthy way too. And I just think a lot of people, especially the way they ended it, it really bothered me when they were like, "I eat pizza, I eat burgers, oh, yeah. I eat tacos." Because now people are going to go out and just go get vegan fast food and think it's healthy, right? And, you know, when they're showing this meal prep, like this woman cooking all these meals, I'm like, yeah, damn, if I had a woman to cook me all these these meals, that would be great too. But I just think in terms of what's accessible, it's not going to do people good long term. And there's just another side of the story that's not talked about. So that's my concern. I agree. Did you see the food that they were making in that documentary? Honestly, it looked good. Like I wanted to eat that. There was this dish that was like roasted potatoes just smothered in like cashew cream. Yeah. Did you see all the cashews? She had a blender of like, oh, I know. Gotta be 10 cups of cashews. Could you imagine eating like a cup of cashews at a sitting? (laughs) I would literally shit my pants. (laughs) I would throw up like that's way (laughs) too much. But these men that she's feeding it to are like 300 pounds or they're like linebackers. Okay. Not 300, maybe some, but like 200 to like 300 pounds. And I'm like 140 pound girl over here. Like no way I could eat that many cashews. So of course, but still, I thought the food looked good, but you were right. Like they were eating burgers and like she was frying French fries and potatoes and like not, I do love potatoes, but the quality is definitely a concern. Mm -hmm. And even fast food places, you know, like Taco Bell and A&W and, you know, they're putting impossible burgers now in Mm -hmm. fast food restaurants to try to appeal to this trend. Mm -hmm. And I just really don't 
think that's a good move. Yeah. Because now it is more accessible for people to be vegan. And I even see, like I said, obsessed with YouTube. On YouTube, there's this huge trend of like trying vegan fast food stuff right now. Like every YouTuber has made a video about that. And they don't know anything about nutrition. I'm sorry. Like YouTubers know nothing because that's not who they are. They don't know about nutrition. And of course, in the video, they're like, I wanted to do this video because I just want to eat fast food. And you know, it's a little bit healthier when it's vegan. And I'm like, good God, like you literally know nothing. (laughs) Millions of people watch these videos and are influenced by that. And I mean, granted, they don't know, like they're also brainwashed by media, by Netflix to think that vegan options are healthier for you. But it's just interesting how this message spreads around and it's become common knowledge now that meat equals not good for you. Common lies is what it's called. I think it's just scary when I think about like, I mean, how easily influenced we are just as a society, you know, Um, whenever we don't know about something, we feel like we're not an expert on that area. It is so easy for us to just listen to someone who is placed in an authority place to us, like just presented as an authority and just take whatever they say as the truth. And they're not always right. You know, anyone can say anything. So seriously. And okay. So kind of on that topic, my Siri just went off when I said seriously. Oh my gosh. Did you, do you listen to the mind pump podcast? I know they're your friends, but do you listen? Did you listen to like the newest one? No. Or maybe it's not the newest one, but they had this guy on, uh, what's his freaking name? I'm about to pull it up. Ryan Holiday, and this is kind of like on that topic, but he wrote all these books about like media and philosophy and whatever. And basically, in one of his books, he was proving about how even like media doesn't know what they're talking about and media was lying. Mm -hmm. And to push his book launch, he reached out to a bunch of different news outlets and said, hey, like interview me. I got a half a million dollar book deal, even when he did not. Like that was a complete lie. And he was like lying, saying that the book is going to be like a celebrity tell all, like all this kind of stuff. And that media didn't even bother to like look into him whatsoever. They just had him on all of these shows Mm -hmm. and like said that he got a half a million dollar book deal and all this stuff. So it just goes to show that even mainstream media, like you really can't trust any quote unquote authority figure. But because the news is an authority figure, this message spreads like Mm -hmm. wildfire. And he did that to prove a point that nobody is fact-checking like you can't trust anyone it's true well that and that's exactly what instagram is and the internet like anyone could just say whatever the hell they want and no one checks into it and magically everyone's an authority figure so i I mean we just don't trust anyone so but also that's like the name of the game of instagram like if you're not positioning yourself as an authority figure i mean who are you? Like, that's kind of what Instagram has become right now. Yeah. I feel like, which is really obnoxious to me. My Siri just went off too. (laughs) Jeez. Our series are in sync. Yeah. Well, okay. I gotta, I gotta go. So let's wrap this up. Wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I just thought if you want to watch it, I thought it was kind of fun and it was a good, Hey, watch it. Well made film. But you know, anytime you're presented with anything, always be a skeptic. I say, Yeah, might as well. 
you know? Don't Everything trust I, Yeah, don't trust anyone. Don't trust me. Don't trust Kara. Yeah, really don't trust me. <laughs> D- don't trust Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Good. No one should trust that man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, thanks, Kara, for coming on and discussing this movie. I think we hit most of the main points, but uh, I'm very curious to hear what the listeners think about the film. And, again, we're not bashing people who like vegan or plant-based diets. I think for many people, maybe that's great. But I don't like when only half the story is being presented, and I don't like false information. I don't like fear-mongering. Same. That's basically the message of this whole podcast. Yes. So, cool. Well, Kara, if people want to get in touch with you, um, tell them where they can find you. Kara Halderman everywhere across the boards. YouTube, Instagram, website, all the places. But you guys know that. Thanks for having me back. This was fun. Of course. It was so much fun. Thanks, Kara. Shout out to Kara for coming back on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this chat about the movie, The Game Changers. If you want more from Kara, check her out at karahalderman.com and follow her on Instagram at karahalderman. If you found this episode interesting, informative, helpful, or entertaining, make sure you share it. Send it to someone you want to share it with or share it on social media. We always appreciate that. You can tag Kara, you can tag me, and you can tag all this from the podcast. And then I can say thank you. I also would love to hear your thoughts in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. So hop over there and let us know what you thought about this episode, the film, any thoughts at all. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review on iTunes if you haven't already and you want to show your support so that other people can find the show. That's going to be it for today's episode. Can't wait to hear what you think. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day 